0: Welcome back to One of These Years, our Detroit Lions podcast, now available on the Athletic app, ab-free, if you haven't checked us out over there yet. Uh, I'm Chris Burke, joined by Nick Baumgartner. You also can get us on uh, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, all the spots we've been for the last uh, however many months, year or two here on our podcast. And uh, Nick, it happened again. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It happened again. (laughs) Like a historically bad weekend for NFL kickers. Not and in uh, Minneapolis. Vikings, well, what, what the Vikings was, yeah. of all teams. The team that has been burned by bad yeah. kicks after yeah. bad kick uh steps out and drills one from fifty plus. At right down the middle. Good yeah, from 60. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he also missed like a 49-yarder. He, he came up short, short in somehow. That game, indoors like,
0: on a 49-yarder. And then he comes on. back a few minutes later and just kills a 54 yarder. Well, Lions you knew he was gonna hit the y-
1: you knew he was hitting the last one.
0: Dan, Dan Campbell said he thought he was gonna miss. He thought He's he was gonna miss. To miss.
1: Uh, no way. Dan Campbell hadn't been here long enough. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Uh, no way. No way he was missing that kick. Yeah, well. I mean. It really would have felt different, though, right, if he'd missed? I mean, it would have. It would have been like, "Well, what's going on here? <laughs> what's up? right. What's up? right. Yeah. what's up with this? But, yeah, no. I don't know, man. I mean, it's one of those things with a, <laughs> with a bad team that I got to tell you, and I didn't want to say it at the end. Uh, I didn't want to say it Sunday. I doubt this is the last time we see something like this. Uh, <laughs> this year, because yeah. these guys, it just, I mean, um, Aaron, or I think it was Aubrey Pleasant last week said this uh, in reference to something else, but it's true about everything going on right here with the team. He was talking about defensive backs um, and just like the young guy, Bobby Price, I think specifically and everything else. And he said something like, it's really hard for young players to learn how to play and to learn how to know what to do at the same time. So you're learning Mm -hmm. everything. It's like a baby or whatever. So I just, yeah, I mean, I, (laughs) <laughs> sometimes this is going to happen to teams like this. And again, I, I you hope it doesn't happen to him again, but like, I don't think I can rule it out <laughs> I Me mean, either because that's just how it goes.
0: Yeah. I mean, pretty rough. And you could see obviously Dan Campbell's press conference got yeah. a lot of attention, uh, just super emotional after. And, um, I, I mean, I, I can respect that certainly and appreciate oh, yeah, that. Sure. You know, we've yeah. seen uh, a lot of, there's a lot of coaches in all sports who, uh, wouldn't put their hearts on their sleeves like that and that's sort no, of been no, one no. of the things we've seen about Dan Campbell and heard about Dan Campbell is yeah. that he was going to do that forever like that's not for show that the kneecaps speech, that's just him um mm-hmm. and clearly this one uh this one hurt just because not only because it's happened twice but because this team's 0 and 5 and probably sh- should be at least 2 and, two three, and 3 at this yeah, point what you'd uh say. And so you just kind of, you know, it's just sort of dragging on here and, 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 you know, you obviously see them playing hard and it sounds like they're practicing hard and then everyone's bought in, but you know, it's tough as you get into mid-October here to not have one. So, um, what'd you think watching that? I mean, it was interesting to be in the room as that was happening and kind of, you know, you kind of takes you back for a second to see a coach get choked up like that. But what'd you think, uh, watching that presser?
1: Uh, it didn't surprise me at all. I, I think that yeah. um, it reminded me – I actually thought uh, a couple times earlier in the season, I, w- I wondered if maybe we would see something like that, especially around <laughs> – actually right. around, like, cut-down time. <laughs> there was there were times where he was so, like – you could tell how nervous he is. But, I mean, uh, that's something that will come up and people will ask on the outside looking in that haven't been here every day. I'm sure that will ask, you know, is that is that fake? Is that real? You know, or whatever. And, I mean, you know, as, you know speaking for you two, you've been here since – Campbell got here, of course, too. So, I mean, we've seen this every day. I mean, it's he wears it on his sleeve. He's an emotional guy. And I think, Chris, that you said that a lot of coaches wouldn't do this or wouldn't show that side of themselves. I don't think Dan Campbell can help it. I don't think he probably wanted to in that situation. I think it seemed like he was kind of overtaken. But I also would say that it's important to note here that, like, the Lions situation is sort of unique also. But Dan Campbell is, like, kind of made it that way in that he's also a coach that's not sort of, like, I think a lot of times we see coaches start slow like this in a bad spot, even though it's sort of known that you were going to struggle. And they sort of like, I don't know what the right word would be, but it's not that they disassociate themselves from the team, but like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But they try to like separate Mm -hmm. their career from the team's situation. And it's like, my path as a coach is not going to be completely colored by this team's ineptitude. And I'm going to keep this distance between myself and this team to protect my, you know, we see it all the time. We see it every year. We'll see it this and year. We just right? saw
0: it here for 3 years.
1: <laughs> right. And we saw it with Matt Patricia. <laughs> we'll see it. We see and this is like the opposite. And of course, NFL teams do do that a lot, right? When you have a bad experience, you try to find the opposite. Campbell's the opposite of Patricia, but it's also like He's in there with him, man. Like, that's the thing to take away here. He's in there with him. He's not distancing himself. I saw somebody tweet the other day, like, the Lions should just keep Dan Campbell for, like, 50 years because this stuff is going to continue to happen if you just restart it. Maybe you found someone that actually is tied in with this. Like, I think that's the takeaway that you have to take. All evidence has to show itself as time goes on here, but I don't know how you can even pay passing attention to this guy and the staff and not – see this as genuine and not see this as a positive. Um, whether it's a win or not, it's a positive in the right direction that you have a team that is willing to grind together. And in and in the NFL, man, like that doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> These are pros yeah, from right. different places. And I think that was my takeaway that it was genuine. And, and just another example of that, uh, something that we've seen from Dan Campbell uh, since the start.
0: And, he, the and I think, he, yeah. and I think Trey Flowers, someone pointed out after the game, like he was a player not that long ago. Like it hasn't been a huge, it's not like he's 30 years removed from being a player. So I'm sure there's still a lot of those same emotions of what, what it felt like on game day. And, you know, just the same stuff he went through as a player. Um, And also we've talked about, this is a lot of what this season is about figuring out which players on this roster care Mm -hmm. this much, care as much as you know, he does basically. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't, if it doesn't hurt you like that, I don't know. You're probably not going to be here. Like, not everyone needs no. to be in that locker room sobbing, but he wants, he said it. He wants guys to feel it. He wants these losses to really hurt for at least mm-hmm. 24 hours or whatever the window is that he gives himself. He wants this to hurt. And that, that's a couple yeah, that I mean, are probably hurt to. now. I
1: mean, it's the same. It's the thing. Like, if you're going to go there every day, and, and be a professional football player and grind through all that the way they want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has to hurt. And it, and that's the thing that I never understood with, um, I mean, I did. I understood why he was trying it. But like if somebody like Patricia, where it was just like, how can you walk off a field, probably walk into a private office somewhere, lose your mind, I'm sure, after a horrible <laughs> loss, and then come out and act like right. it was just something that's not going to bother you. It's like, Coach man, better got to play better. Right, like, you're a human being. We all know you're a human being. Be a human being. Be a god. Yeah, like, that's it. Like, and I think that we don't see that enough. And, um, frankly, I've been refreshed by a lot of Dan Campbell's stuff since the day he got here. And um, I've said to you and a thousand other people, like, I hope that other places take this into account as a possible way of doing business. Because I think that it should be done this way in a lot of areas. I look at college football a lot, Chris, and I think of college coaches that in situations, it's like, why are you in constant combat with your roster? What is going on here? And we've seen that over the last 10 years in football. And it's a breath of fresh air when we see guys like Dan Campbell, I think. And um, he's not the only one. I think there's more and more that are coming in uh, to jobs like this, like him. And um, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with it at all. I think it's good. And I think it's good. I think uh, if, if if I'm a pro player and I see that, I'd probably want to play for him. And that's how I would take it.
0: And I will say, you know, the ending obviously was brutal, but as the Lions were coming back there, like I was watching a lot of, I was trying to keep my eyes on Campbell and the coaching, you know, like Aaron Glenn and just Goff on the sidelines and what was, keep pay attention to what was happening over there. And when they threw that, when Goff hit uh, Hodge for the two point conversion, it looked like a college football sideline and yeah. the way that they celebrated the coaches were jumping into each other's arms and the players were going nuts and guys were all over the place Campbell gave a couple huge fist pumps and you know you're still looking up the clock and thinking like right. oh, oh, guys. Yeah. oh god <laughs> oh no guys but right you know they I, I think like, they deserve to be excited in that moment and I right. think it also you know they they're clearly as I said they're clearly still very invested in this and and want that win um and I talked to Kadero Hodge after that game and he said you know like but Campbell reacting like that just shows you oh yeah that it means as much to him as it means to us and that says something to us you know like that makes you want to go out there and play hard for the guy and get him his first win so i don't know at what point do you worry that the, i mean there's a lot of young guys playing here there's yes. a new quarterback like at what point do you worry that this is that this you know people always use the like uh, when are they going to be lionized like do you worry that this is something that's going to linger like you know you're rebuilding you know you're not going to win a lot but you don't want to go 0-17 and have these guys thinking like oh we're never going to get it done here
1: I mean I feel like we might be on the verge of that here right now (laughs) I mean, I feel like we're we're inching closer to it like really curious to see this Sunday Um, at home of course I think helps that you're going to go you're going to come back home uh, and get a home crowd and everything else but like Yeah, I and that's the thing, I think, right? And I think that if you just look at how the game flowed, like the Lions had, you know, so many opportunities that were just hair-pullingly frustrating in the third quarter and early fourth that were just like, this is a – what is happening, right? Where it's just like at any point, (laughs) a lot of teams – in the NFL, yeah. and we've seen it a thousand times. Probably packing that in, right? And just saying, like, all right, screw it. We're done. We're done. <laughs> this is a disaster of a day. Like, it didn't work. Whatever, we're moving on. We'll play next week. And they keep not doing that. They keep playing it all the way to the end. You know, like you said, Chris, like a college team a little bit in some ways uh, with the effort. And I think that that's the question that we have now is, are you going to keep – is that going to keep happening? Like, because I guess that's what I would I would ask. Like, it's not necessarily reasonable, I don't think, to say, like, well well we need to just we need you to just play a perfect game. We need you to go in there and play a perfect right. game and just yeah, be a perfect right. team. Like I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think I mean maybe maybe they come out and play close to one-one time, right? And I would I would say that I I could see that happening at some point. Some point this season, we're going to see the Lions play a pretty close to full four-quarter game and they're they're going to win it or lose it. And we're going to find out you know how they stack up. But I mean mistakes are going to happen. And I guess my question would be is like at what point do guys stop sort of like holding the rope that long when some of the similar familiar, why is our quarterback turning the ball over in the red zone? Again, mistakes continue to happen. Like those are the things that I wonder about, right? Where it's like, do you have the internal sort of like, I think they all respect the process and the the opportunity that they've all been given. Do you have an internal bond that's going to get you through what could be uh, you know we've we've seen frustrating I, whatever is about to come up here next because they're not gonna they're not gonna win out they're gonna they're gonna lose some more games here is gonna really be a challenge and I think that that you're hitting it on now I think that they're there right I think that they're right at it now we're gonna see sort of truly how sort of tight I guess uh, if that's the right word they all are curious, yeah, curious I mean, for your thoughts here too on the same question
0: it's really tough because I I wrote about it after the Ravens loss and. You know, I've asked about it a couple times because there's not really a there's not really a way past this. You know that this whole idea nope. of like, well, how do you how do you get this team to a point where, in you know, when you're up a point or two with 30 seconds left, you don't feel like they're definitely going to lose. Yeah, like, right, how exactly. do you get to that point where you feel like they're going to finish off these games? And you know, Campbell said after Sunday's game, like, we we're close. We know we you know not that far down the road we're going to be on the other end of these games and uh, and we're going to be feeling the you know the emotions mm-hmm. of the other sidelines feeling but there's not really a uh, there's not really a way you can coach a team through this to that and especially this team where it's been no, not just two own. games yeah. it's been decades of 100%. whatever's yeah. going to go wrong can go wrong whatever can go wrong is going to go wrong so i don't know how you get through that other than to just like have it happen once or twice and start to build on it, but that's, there's some of the stuff that's just, you coach them as hard as you can, and the guys play as hard as you can, and eventually it's gotta work, or it doesn't. And there's not really a way through it.
1: And will you change? And I think that Gamble said yesterday something, that we talked about a little bit, where he was, like, racking his brain and in desperation, right? Trying to come up with ways to shave off a half a second, right? With the play sheet, where he was like, we're gonna simplify some communication and some play cards, and we're gonna try to You know, and I think it was like you could tell he just spent all Sunday or Monday morning (laughs) or whatever just going back over every single process that they do and being like, can we make that half of a second more efficient? Because like clearly if we're saving, you know, we're on that bubble screen where, you know, they could have had a first down, it's designed properly and Hodge and Benson block the same guy. It's like if we could have communicated that better in the moment or whatever, if they adjust it in that situation, we communicate that like a half second better. Maybe we get that block. Maybe it's a first down. Maybe we get a field goal of that drive and maybe we win the game. And I, you know, that's how you look at all this stuff right now. And I think that that's all you can do. And, and yeah, Chris, I think that to your point is like, you do those things, but like, you're going to drive yourself insane doing that. Really all you can do is just go coach it again and just see if (laughs) the next time it clicks and it would help. If guys would stop getting hurt for the season at every other play, like yeah, that would be that would be nice. Like this is getting to be and I think that you know there's some frustration there that's like beyond your control that maybe you can find a way to harness some of that too, I think, right now if you're the Lions, because yeah, like some of this some of this injury stuff is kind of bullshit here. Like, I mean, can one <laughs> yeah, of these be right. a
0: bruise?
1: You know what I mean? Like, can one of these just be like a sprain? I don't know. Like this is stacking up. Cephas makes a play. He's playing well, and then boom, breaks his. It's co- a you know, really it's good like, play. Uh-huh. A great. It was like <laughs> a
0: third and ten, and he spun out of the tackle and got the first down, and then he gets slammed to the turf and breaks his collarbone yeah. or whatever. So, and so yeah, it's just,
1: it's, a, it's a bunch of stuff going on, and like this is a choppy, choppy time right now for them. Uh, but I do think like we've said this since the start of the show here today. Like it's important to remember now. This is bad, but like it's not. It doesn't feel off the rails. And it doesn't feel off the rails because Campbell is all the way in here. And it's impossible not to see that. And I think that that's been the uh, shining silver lining. I don't think he's made any like horrible coaching errors in game. The staff has shown to me anyway, that it really knows what it's doing. I think it's not perfect, but I think this is a good coaching staff that has better days ahead. Um, And I would be surprised if, if, you know, I don't think I don't know if it's going to work all the way that people want it to but I would be surprised if this isn't a better team at the end of the year than it is right now health permitting of course but that's what I've seen so far this year they're close for sure
0: yeah I mean I think the ending of the Ravens and this la- la- latest game and you know some of the stuff against the 49ers early has probably clouded it but Mm-hmm. Aaron Glenn's probably doing about as good a job as so. maybe any coordinator I mean, <laughs> in God. the NFL right now, yeah. given what he has to work with. There's I mean, no they here. <laughs> right they have been really good for stretches of games, and you know Minnesota's got its own issues on offense, and um, some of the play calling there was ultra conservative, which I guess oh, yeah. I understand because right. they were just like, well, our defense is going to stop golf, mm-hmm. stop that offense, <laughs> right. just give them the ball. Who cares? Right. Um, but I, you know, yeah, I mean they're playing above their heads right now on defense and again it's being clouded by the end of this Ravens game and the end of now the Vikings game because you've had two opportunities to close things out and instead have given up huge passes that have set up game-winning few goals and then you end up answering questions about that and this was not maybe not exactly the same defense that we saw from the at, in the Ravens game, but it was similar enough. You know, you're mm-hmm. playing to protect everything over the top. You rush three, and you vacate kind of the middle of the field, and then that's exactly where they hit you. So, yeah. uh, having watched that a couple times now, what what do you think about the approach to that final possession? And you know, did mm-hmm. was that a coaching error? I guess did you do you think that they they messed that up?
1: I don't know. I mean, it's it. I don't. Go on. I understand where where the frustration comes from from for a lot of people. I do because on a basic like fundamental sense, it just makes more sense, right? To say that you know the easiest way to impact the quarterback in that situation is just to, is just to go get him. It's just to just load it up and go get him. Cousins can't run. He's not athletic, right? Like just make it to where he has no other option but to chuck it up in the air. However, if you t- Taken to a point here, or to account here, that the Lions' secondary is a dis- is a disaster. Personnel-wise, it's all rookies, it's all undrafted free agents, and Tracy Walker. Like, that's what you're working with here. There's not a lot going on. So every time you take somebody out of that out of that secondary and and put them into a pass rush, it's one more you know crank up of the uh, difficulty scale for for the DBs. I I don't have a problem with it. I don't because I think that they were in a situation and they've been in situations in these games in coverage where like someone's going to screw something up. Like odds are (laughs) in these situations when they're shuffling bodies and guys are hurt like this, I don't think they have a ton of faith in all 11 are going to do this perfectly the way we want it done. So if you're going to rush five, it needs to be perfect. Back end needs to be perfect. If you're going to rush three, Maybe you can survive with a hiccup because you've got enough back there. But, you know, as we've seen, <clears throat> Adam Thalen against an undrafted free agent is going to be Adam Thalen. I don't know. You know, it's hard for me to crash on Aaron Glenn for that because I do think, you know, there is risk reward on that. I, you know, and for the Lions right now, I don't. What happens if they burn you over the top for a touchdown? That's on the table. Like, I think that those things need to be taken into account here. When you're talking about the Lions, the roster isn't good. People are already sort of, like, forgetting that in some of these, like, moment-to-moment decisions. You have to remember that in every single
0: situation. Yeah, I um – we've talked about this a lot since Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I I've kind of been on the fence about it because especially, you know – It's hard. Second, it's hard down, second down, they rushed three defensive linemen and then brought Dean Marlowe off the edge. And Cousins, like, just wanted to get the ball out of his hands and threw yeah. a four-yard pass. And, like, the, they had to burn Ooh. their final timeout. And so – you know that maybe that maybe you can't run the exact same pressure two times in a row and have it work, but that's sort of the the thinking I had in mind. Not that you necessarily put four or five up front, but that you put right. bring something that's going to make Cousins feel like he doesn't have you know seven seconds to stand back there in the pocket. Exactly. Um, and again, though, the as as I said, it wasn't the exact same defensive call as Baltimore, but you had a similar problem where you were asking. Like you said, you're asking <laughs> – in the Baltimore game, it was – was Bobby Price. It was uh, Bobby Price to run with uh, – was it Brown who caught yeah. that pass? I think or so. Or Whoever it was. Them. It was yeah. one of the fast guys. I think yeah, it was One Brown. of the fast guys. You know, you're asking against him to run Lamar. with the, yeah, right. Against Lamar. You're asking him to run all the way across the field in man coverage. Jerry Jacobs is here against Thielen. You're asking him to stay with him in man coverage. And your sort of safeguard are – in Baltimore, the Baltimore game, you had two safeties, Harris mm-hmm. and Walker, both playing uh, in front of the first down line because they were worried about Lamar running. And here they had, was it Marlowe or Parker? I one of the one of those guys. I thought guys. it was Marlowe, but it might have been Parker. Okay, um, playing like fifteen, mm-hmm. twelve, fifteen yards deep, right in the middle of the field. Right. And Minnesota ran two, you know, dig route two in routes, mm-hmm. and that guy in the middle of the field dove down on the shallower one. And right. there was nothing in the middle of the field that had to cover. Yeah. So and Campbell said it. He talked about the first play on that drive because it was almost the exact it same was the same thing. kind of concept. Yeah. And that middle guy, I think he said it was Parker that time. Came I think down. Parker
1: screwed up the first one, and Marlowe, yeah. uh, was there in the second one. Yeah.
0: That's that's what I thought too. So, but it was sim- similar problem on both. Yes. Where like if that guy in the middle is two yards deeper and stays home, right. that throwing lane is not there, and instead he's coming downhill. Yeah, he's got to kind of cut him off it. Yeah. Right. And so you lose it and then it's wide open and now you have a cornerback, an undrafted cornerback trying to cover a really really good wide receiver for like 5 seconds on a on a route to the middle of the <laughs> it's field. It's a
1: disaster, yeah, right.
0: And they still tackle them short of, you they know, did. Fox had like Fox had the you know, field I goal know. target line. They still tackle them short, but <laughs> I don't know. To me that like They ran it, it didn't work against Baltimore, and they didn't make an adjustment from it not working against Baltimore, right? They just trusted the call, they trusted the guys, and that's what they went with. So, of course, do you go back and look at it now?
1: (laughs) Uh, I mean, I just, uh, my answer to that is like, I'd like to have a better (laughs) corner. I think it's probably what I (laughs) would say. Okay. All right. I I just, I I don't know. I mean, I think that, like, in that situation, yeah, you have to. You definitely have to. And I think that that's something that they need to reweigh, right? Because, Yes. My answer to that, yes. And I would say that maybe I would come to the other side of that and say that maybe you need to take more into account on, you know, if you're worried that your guys in the back end are going to screw it up, then maybe take some of that out of their hands and give them a little help up front. You know, with Lamar, I wouldn't change it because it's Lamar. If you're going to send somebody at him, you know, and it's going to get dicey or whatever, and he breaks out of there and runs, it's a problem with Cousins. I think maybe you have more of a – you know, the case holds up a little higher there because, you know, not that Cousins can't make a throw against pressure. Of course he can, and, you know, that's a risk you're going to run there, and, you know, he could burn you. But, you know, he's not golf, I guess is what I I would say there. But, like, I – it's a tough one. It is a tough one. I understand their plight on that, and that's why it's like I can't crash on them too hard, and I just thought it was very reductive. I just thought, you know, not that we're doing this, but other people – on Twitter, you know, immediately jump to that. They love to jump to the, you know, well, if you call a timeout there in the second quarter, and to me, that is that. That's the same thing. It's the same. <laughs> okay, it's the same thing. It's like when you're yeah. when you're boiling it all down to like one call. It's like, come on, now, like that. That's hard to do. Do you have to be better in that situation? Yeah, sure. And I think that that's something that they have to look at. But like, man, it's hard to really crash on them for this because there's just so many things that could go wrong. on like every single snap. And I, I have a hard time with it. I really do. It's I understand all sides though. I do. It's a, it's a tough conversation, but also like, I think you said at one point, when we were talking about this the other day, like maybe just go and stop them <laughs> in the last 50 seconds and not have to put yourself, you know, maybe be better on first down there. Right. Instead of having to get yourself to fourth and whatever. I don't know. But yeah, it's an interesting conversation for sure because it's a lot goes into it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's a lot of it just comes down to sort of your personal philosophy for how you'd approach yeah, that game. Like, yeah, my right. my preference in that situation, and I've never called plays in the NFL, and I yeah, know same. that they're working with, <laughs> never will. with limitations yeah, right. at cornerback, but my preference there would be to bring at least four and, sure. s- like, maybe uh, not even – not dare them to throw deep, but, like, if they're going to hit a 60-yard pass in that moment, like
1: mm-hmm. – Fine. Good luck You're to right. you. Like,
0: <laughs> you know, I don't want to yeah. give you a free walk into fuel goal range or even borderline fuel goal range. That's, and that's the thing, I would say. Yeah. That's kind of what they did. And I don't think they were trying to do that. Yeah. Uh it's just that you know, the coverage kind of had some holes that that made it feel that way that they were playing mm. super soft. Like Jacobs was on him. Like he wasn't he was. dropping wasn't 30 bad, yards no. deep. He right. was playing yeah. coverage. Like he was in man coverage and he just got beat to the inside and then there wasn't help. So it happens, but You'd hate to see it happen, you know, twice now in three weeks and cost you two games because, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just tough. And I, I to your point, like, I, the solution is to have better corners. And I think that that's <laughs> part of it. So, but I'm kind of curious for your thoughts on this too. Like, at what point does the conversation here shift from, you know, uh, Kind of microanalyzing every single thing Dan Campbell and his coaching staff does back to, well, Brad Holmes needs to get better guys yeah. in here. Like, at what point yeah. does the pressure shift back to the GM? Is it the draft or is Man, it now?
1: That's a great question because it's like you could ask that question in like a thousand different areas, like on the roster. Because, and we talked about this the other day too, and I know we'll talk about golf, but like, I think that's one for even for golf. It's like if you really have faith in him, are you going to go? do something here. He's got nobody to throw the ball to like, and it's the same thing on their side. Like we talked about this last week. I would like to see Tracy Walker get to play with a good safety. I would like to see him play, you know, with someone that can help him. I mean, look how well they still played. love I Will
0: mean, Harris, man. They still like, Will I mean, Harris fine.
1: Fair enough. But like Tracy Walker <laughs> played a great game the other day. That was yep. maybe his best game as a pro. This has been, I think through five games, you know, a, uh, all the things he said he was going to do this offseason, He's done them. Right. Like, I think it's been a really good thing and it's a bright spot. And it's like, man, you'd like to surround that guy with some help, some like reasonable, <coughs> excuse me, help. But also, that's the balance, right? Where it's like, I think that they can pick spots on the roster right now. And I would say maybe this is a time for them to sort of re huddle um, and sort of look at maybe they had that plan before the season started. Like, maybe you get X number of games in and, lo- and look at where you are. Maybe the injuries. Change that uh, equation, but like, I do think that you are really, really making life even more difficult <laughs> than it needs to be. In some cases, like, would it be that hard to go find another veteran safety or corner and see if and see if something can work? If 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 the guy fits the locker room, I mean, like, would it be that hard to go and see if there's a receiver who might be able to? I don't know. You know, I I, I do think that that conversation. It's a hard one that probably happens every day, but I think it's, I think we're approaching that too. I mean, would you agree the same thing? Like we've talked about this a bunch. I, I just, yeah, you go, I mean, you maybe go it is the that league. hard. <laughs> we've been saying yeah, it for seven like,
0: weeks, eight weeks now that they need it guys. So, and it
1: can't just be like picking up off of the trash heap. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's a process either. You've made the decision that you're not going to do that and you're going to stick to it all the way, which maybe that's what they're doing here. Or you know, but also as you go forward with injuries, like I just maybe that changes. I don't know. It's tough. what what do you? I mean, are you going to go out and see if you can give up assets right now for this team? Because at the same time, like, are uh, you trying to win right now? I mean, <laughs> right. like I, you're. I mean, you're not necessarily trying to win right now, but you're not trying to lose the ship either, right? So it's like that's the balance I think that you're walking. I guess.
0: Well, it does. I mean, it does feel like. Their decision is, here's our 80 guys in August, and we're just going to whittle it down to 53, and we're going to go with those guys. And if we we have to fill in behind them, we'll do it, but we'll just keep going down the list. So you lose someone at wide receiver and just bump everyone up a spot, and you lose someone at cornerback and you bump everyone up a spot. And it feels like they went out and got Benson and Hodge right before the season, but that – like. I think those are the type of deals we're talking about here. Like, I don't know. People keep asking about, like, CJ Henderson and some big splash play. And I don't know that that's going to happen right now. I think if you see anything, it would be more like that, where it's like, yes, this guy's number six on the depth chart somewhere else, but he'd be number two on the depth chart here. (laughs) Right, yeah. So maybe we toss him a sixth-round pick and see if he can do something. Like, I think that that's what you're looking at, which is maybe that's what you got to go do.
1: And in the right spot, like, I think that that could – be just the thing that like you know you're not like you said like like I said earlier you're not looking to like add like and yes no they're not gonna go give up draft picks for you know somebody that's gonna you know make the offense more explosive in the here and now I think you're trying to just you're trying to add value to help the guys that you've already sort of bought on like you know what I mean like walker um some of the guys up front uh You know, Hawkinson, if you can find ways to help some of the guys that are here now with functional, you know, better players that you have currently around them, then I think that that's sort of what you do. And I think that they do that every day. Like, that's the thing. Campbell said that a thousand times already this year. Like, we're looking every single... I'm doing my Dan Campbell voice here. We're looking (laughs) every single day, guys, okay? (laughs) Like, he said, how many times did he say that in camp, right, where he was like, every minute of the day, we're scouring... The waiver wire. And I mean, he, say, he says it a lot. So I think that that's probably still a conversation that they're having a lot. But I guess I question, like, where's the line, right? Like, it's like, man, you would really like to have a veteran voice in that secondary right now badly for, like, teaching purposes, if no sure. other reason. Right. Like, And is that maybe a question that you are willing to go a little bit further, you know, with the cap and everything that you maybe you would have liked? I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one because, you know, what's the you got to keep the bigger plan in at the top of mind here, which is not this season. It's the full plan. So, you know, I don't know. Tough call.
0: Tough call. I, I they can't go into next year in this situation. I oh, think that's what you say. No. Like that, yeah. if this is if you're committed to just spending the next three months here, like let's figure out exactly what we have with every single guy who's already here. Fine. But you yeah. cannot this is a this has to be a one year thing. Like next year you've got to have some legitimate depth pretty much everywhere. And right now they don't have that. And so you get into some tight spots, uh, you know, when guys are dropping. And and admittedly, they have had some absolutely a trash walk luck with yeah. injuries. Yeah. It's not just it's not, it's this not bad. like bottom of the depth chart, guys. Yeah. You're losing right. like a starter a week at least. It's ridiculous. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Romeo out, Okuda out, Cephas out, Decker out. I mean, like, Sewell's hurt. Williams. Tyra Williams has
0: been out since week one. Williams, yeah.
1: And and I don't think he's coming back anytime soon, as Campbell sort of talked about today. It sounded like anyway. So it's just, yeah, it's one after the other after the other. I mean, some of these guys are going to come back. And I think that's the thing to remind people. You know, Decker will be back soon. I think Campbell said... Maybe this week. Practicing right? this. Like He's was, gonna
0: they're gonna try him in practice this week. So I guess he'll be coming off IR, and then you have like you know, three. Right. Weeks so to figure possible. It out.
1: And then you've got – has got how many more weeks on IR? Two more weeks on IR, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: and then you figure that out. So I mean like so maybe by November. The you,
0: by the time you get out of the yeah, bye week, right. Yeah. Get your
1: line back at least. Start there. Get your line back. That's the thing I would say, like get through this little injury nightmare here. And see, some of these guys are going to come back. You're not going to get Romeo back. You're not going to get Cephas back. You're not going to get Okuda back. But you're going to get your line back at some point. So like get that back. Maybe stabilize yourself in some of these other areas where guys are falling down and and maybe things will whatever. But I would say right now with any drastic or and I don't think they're going to make anything drastic that we would call a drastic move this year. But any kind of sizable move. Because I would I would say like if you come across the guy in this in at any point in the year in-season, out-season, whatever that you think you can add that would give long-term value, you do it no matter what. But like right now, I wouldn't do anything rash because there's just so many freaky weird things going on with the injuries. It just sort of, I would just try try to get through this, get as many of these guys healthy back as you can, and then maybe reassess after that. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone?
0: like one positive thing and one negative thing left to touch on here. And I guess we'll save, like I, I want to talk about the young guys a little more than we already yeah. have. Uh, Cause that's obviously a, a big part of the team right now and a big part of the future. But uh, I guess we can get into our weekly Jared Goff segment here and, <laughs> and oh, figure yeah. out, you know, and this sort of goes to the thing we've been talking about, like the talent around him and what he's playing with. And now you lose Cephas, <laughs> and uh, it just keeps getting worse and worse. But um, he averaged two point one air yards per completion on Sunday. He threw like one real deep ball, I think, and it was in the air for about nineteen Ugh. seconds and probably should have been intercepted to Khalif Raymond deep. I I don't know what what do you think about how Jared Goff played on Sunday?
1: Uh, yeah, not good enough. I mean that that's the that's the long and short of it. And frankly, um, I don't know. I. I when I heard him give the answers about, you know, he got asked about the turnover and the one where he clearly just lost track yeah. of Kendricks and then tried to say that he didn't lose track of him. But it was like, if you watch the playback, you're like, okay, well, I don't know what you're doing then. If <laughs> you still know that he's there, I don't know why you're throwing it, but like, whatever. Those turnovers, I mean, this, the Sewell sack that he fumbled, you you know, Sewell can't get beat that bad there. But it's also like, could you could you stop fumbling? I mean, like, other quarterbacks get sacked and they don't, <laughs> they don't fumble this much. I mean, could you stop fumbling would be one. Stop turning it over in the red zone would be two. Have an under, a better understanding of time, space, and what's going on in the game. You can't turn the ball over in the red zone. This team has no chance. He is making errors that are digging. You know, the Lions start every single game in like a medium grade hole. I think we <laughs> if we would say that, right? Like the roster puts them in a situation where they are already digging out of something when the game starts. He is burying them with these decisions and these mistakes and he's making 20 something million dollars, so I don't care. It's Goff's fault. The turnover, the interception is him. He can't do that. You can't play like that. Like and it's the same stuff that we're seeing over and over again. And, and then when I hear him say, like, I'm going to keep slinging it. That's not the answer here. The answer isn't, you keep slinging it. The answer is, be a better football player. And it's the same thing. And it's funny that we've already gotten to where Sean McVay got
0: after,
1: it? after four years. But, like, like, that's not the answer. The answer is not, you. my confidence needs to stay up. I can't let a terrible decision destroy my confidence. Yes, that's true. But, like, man be better than this because like, this is bad. You're not helping yourself. Like, I think that that's where the frustration is building here because no, the receivers aren't good, right? Like no one's claiming that they are like, it's, it's a struggle. It's bad. It's really bad right now. It's worse than it, it's it been, or we even thought it would be with the injuries and everything else. But like in the moments and times where he is, where golf does have an opportunity to help himself, he never does it. He just never, never helps himself. And it's like, uh no yeah he's not doing enough to help them win games they should be two and three and a large part of the reason why they're not is bad quarterback play I don't know how else to look at that it's not been good enough and through five games the talk about can we judge Jared Goff fair I yes I think you can and I've said that the whole time I I don't expect him I don't expect him to guide this team to the playoffs or win a Super Bowl but I mean man alive he got to be better than that like that's like pulseless that we've seen in that third quarter, fourth quarter was just really bad. I I don't know how else to say it's not good enough. I, I assume he knows that and understands that and all the things that we've talked about, right? Like that was a frustrating one for me. Uh, maybe the most of the year, because I think we've seen him play better than that. And, um, I don't know like this, the the red zone turnovers, man, I, I, I'm asking you the same question. Like your, your, your whole thoughts here on this, because it's a, it's a conversation and we're five games in and there's a long way to go, but like, it's one that that's ongoing all year.
0: It was really bad to watch live. Like it was yeah. one of those games where you just felt like they were not going to. Sc- I mean, it felt like it was going to end sixteen to six because yeah, like right, they're never exactly. going to move the ball down the field, they're never going to score. Uh, yeah. And then they put, you know, they obviously got the field goal drive and then scored after they got the turnover. So I guess you give them credit for that. But, um, yeah, it's not good enough. It's been interesting to hear Dan Campbell talk about it because this is two weeks in a row now in his post game mm-hmm. press conference where he's been pretty pointed about. Sure, Jared Goff cannot do that. You cannot, yeah. and it's, it hasn't been. While well, we had a breakdown on the line, the uh, no. play call wasn't great. It was our quarterback turned the ball over in the red zone <laughs> in <again>. plus territory, <laughs> yeah. okay. and it's killing us. And it was yeah. very direct. He didn't say, I don't think he said Goff's name, but it was clear that he yeah. was talking about Jared and Goff golf. being better yeah. in those spots, and and so I think that you know the frustration, like you said, I think it's. It's kind of hitting a boiling point for them, too. I don't know that there's really a way around it. I don't think no, they're going to start Dave, David Blau. I don't think Tim <laughs> right. Boyle, like, you know, Tim Boyle isn't coming back from IR and and starting. But, um, yeah, it just isn't good enough. It's really not. And I think some of it... You go to the receivers, aren't getting open a whole lot. And you go to the play calls is mostly trying to get yards after the catch type stuff. And so you're throwing mm-hmm. underneath and you're throwing to your backs and you're running those wide receiver screens. But eventually, uh, it's we've talked about it before, it's so hard to get down the field like that. And Campbell said it on Monday. Like, we're really good uh, with yards after the catch. But mm-hmm. to play catch and run, to throw three, five, seven-yard passes and say, well, go get us 10 more in the NFL is – an impossible way to get down the field, and so eventually your quarterback has to do something for you, and if it's not going to be with Jerry Goff's arm, it's just not going to happen because he's not gonna it's this isn't Lamar Jackson where well everything's covered yeah. I'll just go run for fifteen. nope no he's gonna it. throw to whoever's closest to him and get the yeah. hell out of there Right. <laughs> so get sad i don't know bumbled. I don't know how to fix it like how do you make this without bringing in? without spending this offseason getting two or three wide receivers, like how do you fix this before Sunday? I don't know that there's – I don't know (laughs) how. I really don't. Other than like force-feeding TJ Hawkinson maybe, I don't know how to fix this.
1: I I think that – I don't think you can fix it by Sunday at all. I don't know. And that's the bigger question for Goff is like can you fix it long-term? And that's the one that he's going to have to answer. But it has to start with like Jared – you can't make those decisions anymore. You just can't. Like you, in it, and I'm sure, you know, they're coming from you know a place of like I'm trying to make a play for the team and everything else. But like you can't do it. It cannot be. You know, the offense puts together a seven play drive and gets down to the twenty five, and you've decided that you know you're just going to forget uh, <laughs> all discipline and you know, just completely botched. You just can't do that. Like, that's where it has to, that's where it has to start because it's not all just, well, Benson can't catch a pass in traffic and, you know, Raymond is getting hit over the middle and he can't catch a stop route or whatever when he's got three guys on him or whatever. No, it's not, it's not all that. Like, yeah, you can't go sign, you know, two Pro Bowl receivers in in a day and that can't be the answer in the offseason either. It just can't. Like, He has to be better for the money they're paying him. This is the conversation as it goes for the rest of the year. It's golf related. It's not who's around him. It's how much better can he make the guys around him? And I don't think that you're asking him to make them into pro bowlers, but it's like, can he make them good enough to win some games? And so far, the answer is no. So far, the answer is no. Can he make them better, better around him enough to win some games? No. The deep ball to Raymond that we saw is a touchdown with anyone who can throw that ball over the top of those two safeties golf couldn't do it and it's nearly an interception. And like, that's what we're talking about. So yeah, you you want him to keep taking those shots, but the question isn't necessarily now about whether or not he's confident enough to do it is, are you physically capable of making the throw? And if you're, (laughs) if you're not, then that's a different conversation. And I think that the whole thing this year, we go right back to center. This is a year where you can evaluate golf. You have to be evaluating golf, have to be, it's a huge conversation. It's a huge part of this whole thing. To not talk about it would be sort of careless and foolish. And I don't think the Lions aren't talking about it. Just because they're not talking about it with us doesn't mean that they're not talking about it. And, you know, those are the conversations that Holmes is never going to give us insight into, and nor should he, probably. But, like, that's the fascinating one for me the whole year. because It's like, what does Brad Holmes think of Jared Goff? That's all I want to know. Like, when he goes (laughs) and gets in his car and goes to go home after a Sunday – and he's thinking about quarterback, you know, like that's honest, his honest, objective opinion. Because he has been an honest, objective guy. That's the thing that he's painted himself as, right? Like that's, and we've had evidence to show us that that's true. So like, man, I don't know. what are, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? Do you have any, I don't have a read on it, but I ask you this a thousand times a week. I feel like, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm asking again because it's uh, a tough conversation, yeah. but like he's not playing well. At all, and it's hard for me to sit here today and see that drastically changing to a point where you're like, in three years, let's say they reasonably have a very good football team or a solid football team and you're still looking there and being like, this quarterback can't get it done. Like That's the conversation everybody's having deep in their head here, and so I would ask you for your thoughts on the same topic.
0: I mean, my guess is that internally, they're not at all surprised by this, but they're disappointed. Because I think that the, yeah, that's the hope was... Look, he's a here's a guy that we know. He's still mm-hmm. young. He's one in this league. We know he's tough and he'll get out there. Yeah, good we kid. know he'll be he good in the assholes. locker room yeah, even right. if we're bad. Like mm-hmm. we have all these intangible things about him. And we know there's some rough, we know there's some physical talent there. Yeah. And let's hope that he comes in here and plays like the best version of himself and we can start looking at this as well. Maybe we already have our guy.
1: you mm-hmm.
0: You're 5 games in now. <laughs> <laughs> saying yeah. it doesn't look like we have our guy. And right. some of that goes to the play call. Some of that goes to the game situations, the wide receivers, all those things. But there hasn't been a whole lot from Jared Goff that you circle and say, all right, when this team's really good, here's mm-hmm. what he's going to look like. Like, this is what we can build around. There hasn't been any of that. And so, again, I think he's his personality, I think it's just the type of guy that he is, is – as we talk about how many young guys are playing and how difficult the spot is and trying to keep everyone up. I think he's got the right mentality. I think he's a good guy. Like, I think they love having him around, but I think there's gotta be some disappointment. And as I said, Campbell, Campbell has been, he's very honest, but I think there's a lot of times where he's pretty calculated in these press conferences. Oh We happened with Deandre (laughs) Swift in the preseason. It's like, we got to start seeing more from him. And all of a sudden Swift started going and now you (laughs) see where that's at. And it's been two weeks, three weeks now, where he's like, "We just this can't happen at quarterback. Can't happen." (laughs) And uh, (laughs) so I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that they have to be disappointed with that because you're asking him, yeah. Like on the one hand, you're getting to the end of these games, and like you've had a shot to win two or three of them, and I guess Golf's part of giving you a chance there, but he can't be the reason that you're further behind than you are. You know, he can't be the right reason that you're kind of pulling up at the end. Right. He's got to be the guy who keeps the train on the track. And this is two weeks in a row now where it's a totally different game. If he just takes care of the football. Yeah. That's it. Just take care of the football. (laughs) Like if you're not going to throw deep, all right, we'll work around it. If you can't run, we'll work around it. Just don't turn it over in the, in the (laughs) opposition's territory. That's it. I mean, man, my like kingdom for one (laughs)
1: sit down. Can I be in the room one time with Campbell? and? I I am fascinated. I have got to know what Campbell's inner thoughts are on this whole thing because that's all I keep thinking about. And you just said it. Like it's coming to a point. He said it. Our quarterback, Jared Goff, can't make a bad, you know, (laughs) like we talked earlier in the year, like when they um, decided to cut Jamie Collins, or whatever. And like we were talking, and somebody was like, I wonder how (laughs) Campbell addressed it with him. I'm like, I think he just walked up to him and was like, Jamie, you're not good enough. You're cut. Like, I wonder (laughs) what that conversation is with Goff. At what point, right? Because this is now two weeks where it's like, or, you know, not really two, but it's he played well to get them back in the 49ers game. But we've had, we've seen stretches here where it's like they are struggling and they're struggling because of Jared Goff. Everything else is passable right now, and he is not, and they're losing because of him. Like, we've seen that already, and it's like, yeah, no, that can't happen, and those are the types of things where it's like, yes, this is going to be very fascinating, because I think we all know that the quarterback is different. The quarterback's a different situation. There's so much on the person's plate and everything else the guy's going through and blah, 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 but he is still one of 11, and if you are talking about, you know, this has to be... 11-man football and everything else, uh, ladies and gentlemen, they were playing 10-man football on offense last week many times, and it was the quarterback who was the 10th man, uh, the 11th out of whatever you want to call it. And when that's the case, it's a lot worse than you know when it's the guard or someone else you can get around it. When your quarterback's the guy that you can't get around, you've got a problem. And in the last two weeks, it hasn't been every snap, but like, how do you look at that game and say – if a quarterback that's even halfway more efficient is in there, they win the game by probably two scores. I think that that's – how else do you look at that? You know, it's it's hard to square some of these, and it's going to get harder as you go forward if this keeps happening. And I think that that's the thing I think, you know, we're talking about right here is, like, what's that line for Campbell look like? What do you walk – do they even have an option right now? They really don't. <laughs> right, right. You know, like, and the money-wise, we've been over that 15 different ways. You know, they don't have an option there either, so – Man,
0: well, it's a money, tough one. But. Yeah, I mean, the money sort of is what it is. So I think mm-hmm. you go, like, whatever you decision you make, I think you almost have to take the money out of it because it, it is what it yeah. is. But like the, and you said the fumble, the offensive line fell apart on that play. You'd yeah, like to see course. better ball yeah. security from Jared Goff. That's been an issue throughout his NFL career, is the ball mm-hmm. security on the, you know, fumbling the ball a bunch. And so, you, is it realistic that that improves now? I, I mean, you hope it is, but it doesn't seem like it's going <laughs> right. to be. Right. The interception, it's 13 to six. That's your first drive of the second half. Your defense comes out and gets a three and out. You get the ball down the field. You're in field goal range at the very least to get to 13 to nine. And that mm-hmm. play is not, that's not a shot play. That's no. not a dangerous call. Was like it RBO? wasn't a very good <laughs> play call. Minnesota had the, le- Minnesota yeah. won that play call. Because it looked like an RPO. It looked like Goff had to decide between handing off to Swift or throwing the quick slant to Benson. And he read Everson Griffin crashing down off the end on the run play and threw it back over the top of him and just forgot there were linebackers or whatever happened. (laughs) And Kendricks made a great play. It was a really good read. It was a one-handed interception. Whatever. Great. That is a play that... If you get sacked there, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like just eat it. <laughs> take third and 10. Take your three points. And th- this is the type of stuff Campbell talks about. Like that, if you get three there, the end of that game is totally different. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It is, and so it, it, I don't, man. I don't know. You just cannot keep doing this. You can't, not with this team. I mean, not with any team, but especially not with, not with team. this team. <laughs> and you I think
1: that's the thing with it. Golf right now, where if you're if you're going to challenge him, and that's what you do. If you're if you're Brunell and Anthony Lynn and maybe Campbell too, is like, look, man, you are now a fifth year, whatever. How many st- years has he been a starting quarterback? Five, six, five yeah, or six years starter yeah. in the NFL. You played a damn Super Bowl for crying <laughs> out loud. You have got to start taking ownership and having an understanding of how a football game flows and playing within situations. That is the job of a quarterback above all is to manage situations. He has zero situational awareness far too often. Jared Goff. That is always the thing I go back to because it's like, does he have problems in the pocket? Yes. Yes. Are there times that he can get around it? Yes. Does he have problems with his arm? Yes. Are there times where he can get around it? Yes. Like, he can get around all these things. Yeah. But the one thing that, like, he can just get rid of forever is be a better situational football player. Have an understanding of when I can take a sack, when I can't. When can I, sp- when can I retire the spin move forever, and when oh. can maybe I, you know what I mean? God, like, have moves. a better understanding of where you are on the field what the score is what the down and distance is what the risk reward of your decision making is and that's where it has to start and the fact that we're having this conversation about a six-year starter in the NFL is very concerning and I think that that's where we go back to and I would agree with you Chris when you said I don't think anything that's happened this season has surprised Brad Holmes Dan Campbell Anthony Lynn or anybody here and I don't know if I don't know if Anthony Lynn, I don't know if he has any opinion on this one way or the other, or Dan Campbell. I would say Brad Holmes, probably disappointed. It's probably the best emotion here because this has not been good enough. Jared Goff hasn't been good enough. And we're starting to come up with these, you know, it's it's gone from are we going to see the good version of Goff to this is just it until he proves up, that there is a good version of Goff. This is Goff. Like that's, there are no two versions. This is the guy. This is what the conversation that people are starting right. to have now. So it's his job here in the next I would say five to ten weeks to change that and if he can't then you have your answer I don't yeah. know you know we talked about that before the season it'll be obvious not going to be hard and so far you know he hasn't done much to show us otherwise
0: how many yards have they lost this year on that spin move it's yeah. like 140 <laughs> like every yeah, time he points, does points like probably on this yeah. thing
1: like how many times has he spun out of field goal range <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know like yeah. have that's a better he's doing he's making move. decisions <laughs> he, he's making decisions that we see sophomore quarterbacks in college make like with, where it's like, that's really, but you can't do that there, right? Where it's like, you're taking a chance. I understand that you're taking a risk, but you can't do it right there. That's a terrible <laughs> risk. Like, you know, and when he said that after the game, I was like, does he, what is he talking about? Like that to me was like, "Yeah, I don't like to hear that, man. Like get yourself back into a space where you are confident in your ability to manage situations in a game. And until you get there, I don't want to hear anything else. Like that's where that whole thing has to start.
0: So let's end on a brighter note here. I said I wanted to get to the young guys, so we'll spend a couple minutes there. Like you said, Tracy Walker, I think that might have been his Great best game. game as a Lion. Yeah, so. one of them for sure. Certainly his best game this year. Starting to see it from Ali McNeil. He got some chances to rush the passer in this game. I uh, still only played only twenty four snaps, but he was impactful. I thought Onsarike played well. Jonah mm-hmm. Jackson played really well again. A.J. Parker had a good game. I mean, he's starting. And I thought Jerry Jacobs was all right, too, other than the late late one. Like, I thought he played all right, given the circumstances in that matchup. So, all things considered, you know, we talked about you got to get these young guys in. You got to get them some reps. You got to see what's there. I think they got to like a lot of what's happening with those young guys right now.
1: Yeah, McNeil and Anzirike played really well. I thought that was Anzirike's best game Uh, so far, and he got a few more snaps. I would expect that maybe goes up, but I think the bigger thing to note is um, they were both out there in the fourth quarter, you know, like when the game's on the line. Levi and uh, McNeil were in there. Nick Williams played well, too, uh, as well. Julian Okwara, is making some making some plays. That's another one. I I think you'd say like I'd like to see more Okora and Barn,
0: or, uh, Barnes or Barnes Okora and Bryant, Bryant too, are the right? two that I think like given the, especially yeah. with Romeo out for the year like out. yeah right those exactly. are the ones like let's see something from these guys now but yeah and I think
1: and I think that they can get there and and that's a process. Reeves Maben was very good in this game um, and he he ended up playing more than Barnes but Barnes got more reps. I, Barnes had problems in this game but there were also a lot of this was a, fu- this was fine for me. Like he had some really bad, <laughs> he had some really bad moments, right? Like the missed tackle on the gap that turns into a 50 yard touchdown right. or not touchdown, right. but whatever. That was bad. He had some other hiccups, but like that were really, really bad, but also like he had some effort plays that were really good. He was around the ball. Um, he made a couple plays late in the game again, where they're trying to get the ball back where he's just being super aggressive, getting downhill if I had one ding, actually, it was – I. they took him out, I think, after the 48-yard where he missed that tackle. Yeah. I would have preferred they'd leave him in. Just, like, let him let him screw up out there and learn on the fly because I think he plays with a type of – I'm curious for your thoughts on this, too. Like, he seems to play with a type of, like – it's Jared Davis-like in the, in the intensity and the kind of effort and just, like, he's going to give you everything. So leave him out there and let's see if he can kind of work his way through it a little bit. He was up and down, but I – you know, I thought there, were good in, there was enough good in there to where you're going to be happy enough with it to where you can kind of work on the bad. And I would say the same thing about Jacobs. I was going to mention that, too. Like, uh, you can tell why they kept him, you know, how he defends the edge, how he comes up and runs support. And he's competitive in every single rep in coverage, even if he's getting beat. So, like, yeah, I mean, like, if you look at it that way... Are, is Jerry Jacobs going to be a guy that's like the answer to your prayers and two years for anything? No, but is he a guy that could fill a role? Maybe I don't know. And so, positives, yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, Barnes. I mean, that's sort of the tough line they're walking when they were playing their base, or like when they were in, they played four three a bunch in this game mm-hmm. to counter Minnesota's offense, and he was out there. But that's kind of the tough line you're walking. You know, this was a game that you were trying to hang in there. Anzalone's not coming off the field, and he played great. Yeah. And, like you said, Reeves may have been played well and then made a big, huge play at the end of the game that almost flipped it in your favor. And so he's a guy they want to have out there. And he's still, I think he's, you know, he's on a one year deal. He's still a guy they're trying to figure out, too. Like, is he going to be part of this moving forward? So I understand wanting to have him out there. And it's kind of tough. That's sort of the balance. Like, do we always need Barnes on the field or can we kind of pick our spots with him and, and keep rotating and all that? So I, you know, thirty one snaps for him, Reeves maybe played forty one. Yeah, that's fine. Maybe ideally you flip that, but
1: in that situation though, right, like you said, I mean, Jalen was playing so well. I mean, I don't hate that at the end.
0: Yeah. I mean, to me the big one, like I said, I O'Cor Julian O'Cora and Austin Bryan are kind of the two guys I'm watching Yeah, those closest right case. now. Cause I think you need really need one of them to emerge as something for you here. And we've yeah. seen what Julian can do. Mm-hmm. Um And so you just need to see it on a little more consistent basis. But the defensive line, again, you said Williams played well. You know, Brockers played well. Flowers played really well. The defensive line, I I think, for the most part, is holding up. And I think it goes back to the point, you know, Campbell has made about, like, the reason this is staying on the tracks is because we have the right type of guys in here. Yeah. Like, Brockers and Flowers seem pretty bought in. This isn't Jamie Collins Uh, with either of these guys. I
1: mean, Flowers is a football player. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Brockers, too, but like, let's just—we could just say that about Flowers was outstanding in that game as well. Number yep. one, um, and I think that this is a great spot to point out that we talked about this a bunch during the Patricia years. It was like the defense was a disaster, and Flowers played really well. <laughs> like Trey Flowers <laughs> is a football player. They're gonna—they're not liking the contract, I'm sure, but yes, they are getting efforts, and they're getting the things. And I think I would go back to. And as we've talked on this, you go back to the third or the uh, three man rush conversation. Um, maybe in that case, going forward, in the same situation, maybe if you're Aaron Glenn, you say, Well, you know what? Like, we've got some dudes up front that if I cut them loose and give them some yep. help, maybe they'll go get it and maybe they'll pay it off for us. And hey, maybe that's the conversation that you have with yourself because I think that if you're looking for positives or you're looking for strengths or whatever, we talked about the offensive line being the strength of the team when the year started. I would say that the defensive line has made bigger strides been any spot on the team from January till current because it's the best part of their defense and they don't have a good defense, but as you said at the top, you know, Aaron Glenn's done a really good job here. They're better than they were a year ago with less talent. No, no question. Yeah. Right. right. So they're better than they were a year ago on defense with far less talent, with half the talent or less, I would say. So like, I think, and that's, if you look at it that way and you should, that's not bad. And you take what you can get there and you move on and they keep playing hard. The defense is improving. It's hard to not see that. And it the frustrating part, I guess, is yeah, that you'd like to you'd like for them to have Romeo Okora out there and Okuda and see how they would fit, you know, in this with the rest of these guys, because uh but you know, you don't, so is what it is.
0: I, I think wait, as long as we're talking about the young guys too, we should probably mention that like I think you're starting to see the Amon Ross St. Brown we talked up yeah, I think throughout so the whole spring and summer. Like the he they're still not He's competing. He's you know. still not maybe getting open, getting some of those looks, you know, towards the middle of the intermediate spots. They haven't you know, they haven't uh they haven't thrown deep to him at all, really. But uh, I mean I think that you're starting to see the some of the usage we had teased up of just, you know, yep. you can move him around, you can put him in motion, you can throw those screens to him. The one fell apart, but it was there right. if you gotta Oz cover Fox's right? guy. Yep. So like he's yeah, he's a, a pretty intriguing day. player and mm-hmm. someone that should be part of this, you know, as they start thinking about way down the line like Oh yeah. You I could so. see him being here for a while for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that you have to know, you have to you have to know where he's at and they have like nobody. <laughs> they have very few guys on this team that are like that and uh you know, he's going to make you cover him. I think that that's the thing and you know, if you give him a catchable ball, he's going to catch it, which on this team uh is worth its weight in gold, I would say at this point. So <laughs> Maybe we'll see more of that. Yeah, I did notice that as well. That uh, that was a nice day for him, blocking well too. He's been blocking well all year, yep. but uh, got a couple catches in there too.
0: All right, so Bengals at home this week. The Lions i am sure we'll have a lot of Bengals fans in the crowd. But Lions back home after two on the road, trying to get that first win again. <sighs> uh, give me one thing you're looking for here, just sort of a mark of progress for this team on Sunday. Well,
1: if Decker plays. Yeah. We haven't talked about this. And we can talk about this maybe to wrap up. If Decker plays and Sewell goes back over to the right side, which it sounds like that's what's going to happen, which at this point I don't really have a problem with, I guess. Um, you know, he's all the things that we've talked about, I think, that Panay is struggling with, are things that he was struggling with on the right side in preseason as well, um, with the hand placement and everything else. So that would be, and you'd like to see Ragnow in there too. But if Decker is healthy enough to play and can stabilize whatever on the left side and, you know, if Sewell doesn't have to face the other team's absolute best pass rusher in every single situation like that, I think that that's a good thing. And I think that if you can lean – if you get Decker back in there, that's one more – and obviously you're, you're getting you're, – you're, the best parts of Taylor's game are his pass pro, but it's still – he's a better run blocker than Matt Nelson, so you're getting an upgrade there too. Maybe the run game can have another wrinkle to it. Maybe you can control – you know the clock a little bit more keep uh, burrow and chase on the bench. Those are the things that I'd be looking at. If Decker can play, what does that impact you know have on Sewell, the run game, and then maybe even on golf as well? I would ask you the same thing though,
0: yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point because I think it's sort of lost in all the Sewell talk is that Decker is a good offensive lineman, yes. and he's a good tackle, and he's or- maybe a guy that you know we keep talking about like well, Sewell's eventually going to be the left tackle. Yeah. I don't know that it's going to happen like two weeks from now. We might be no. talking like three years from now, <laughs> where they want right. to like a Decker could be here for a bit. Of uh, so yeah, get your best guys on the field, see if it can stabilize things for Sewell a little bit. I I think that that's a big step forward. I mean, I think again, you know, keep talking about it every week, but like for me, just um. Sudden, yet another test for this secondary. You've got, you know, Jamar Chase is going nuts every week. Joe Burrow's been playing pretty well. Like, can you keep holding up again? And I think, mm-hmm. especially for me, like, I want to see Walker stack a few of these games now That's a because good point. Yeah. he's a That's, guy that could be a focal point of this defense when it's really good if he mm-hmm. plays to his capabilities. So let's see it for more than. Yeah. 55 snaps or whatever it was I on agree. Sunday. This
1: could Tracy Walker could be your future, like, captain, leader, face of your unit here. I mean, yep. this, is, this is what we're talking about. I mean, it's right here for him to take it. And I think that the whole staff has seen how he's reacted to the opportunities they've given him. And I think that they've seen his sort of ascension here. And yeah, that's a great point. Let's see him stack a couple and see if he can become that guy.
0: Yeah. I mean, something like that happens and it changes your math move for the off seasons and everything. It Mm -hmm. changes the Brad Holmes to do list for the next two, three years. If you can get a guy like that, who's just going to be like, you've got, you have to have one of those alpha guys at safety. You have to have a really good defense. And so if it's Walker, that's Mm -hmm. a huge piece of the puzzle. So let's see him do it for a few weeks in a row here. So I'll be watching that on Sunday. Uh, We'll be back again uh, next Tuesday to talk about that game. I guess maybe preview the Stafford Showdown the following week. Oh, (laughs) God. It snuck up on me. (laughs) uh, We do still have our 50% off deal running at The Athletic for another week or so, I believe. So if you want to head over to TheAthletic.com, if you haven't picked up a subscription yet, go do that. We've got a ton of Lions coverage, of course, but Nick uh, is also all over... We got a big uh, Michigan Michigan State game on the horizon here. <laughs> Brewing <laughs> a little yes. bit, so it's going to be quite a party uh, Got that, that day. covered from all angles. The Red Wings and Pistons are getting underway. So, uh, head over to theathletic.com, pick up a subscription there. You can find our podcast one of these years ad-free on the app. Otherwise, find us on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, rate, review, subscribe, and uh, that's all we got for this week. So for Nick, I'm Chris. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.